Welcome to Questions from the Closet. I'm Ben Shalati. And I'm Charlie Bird. Each episode, we discuss a question that we commonly get asked as LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. We're not trying to answer this question or come to a consensus, but simply sharing our perspectives. Today's question is, how do I find gay people like me? Ben and I are not terribly diverse, and we share many opinions and life experiences. For example, we both frequently attend LDS LGBTQ plus conferences. However, there are some pretty big differences. For example, I usually know almost everyone there, and Charlie doesn't. <laughs> so, and so Charlie would be like, who's so-and-so? And I'll be like, you don't know so-and-so? How do you not know so-and-so? And Charlie, you often joke that I need to like make you like a tree of like who is who and who is connected to who and who does what. I need what. the family tree. I need the gay family tree. <laughs> I don't know anyone. And half the time, Ben's like, you've met that person four times. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So in the future, if I'm if we're at a conference and I don't know who you are, it's not because you're not memorable. It's just because I'm the worst. <laughs> it also helps too, Ben, because you always say that you had like a slow burn, so you like got to know people slowly, and then all of a sudden, I felt like I was expected to know like four thousand people, and I was like, ah. It, it's true. People like didn't know who I was. I just like showed up, and I like slowly got to know people. And I'm tall, so I'm easy to see in a crowd, and so. Yeah. So at conferences, come talk to me and then I will remind Charlie about who you are. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Uh, Well, we like to provide a variety of voices and perspectives. So today we're joined by Victoria Hutchins. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Victoria Hutchings. I uh, live in San Francisco. I am a hairdresser. I help run the local affirmation chapter. We have a very good time very frequently. That's about it. Great. And Affirmation is one of those conferences and groups that Charlie and I were talking about. I will. We're going to make a family tree next time for Charlie. <laughs> Victoria, I can't wait to forget you. <laughs> exactly. And it's fine because, you know, I have trouble with that also. <laughs> <laughs> well, Victoria, you and I have a fun connection. One of my very best friends from Tucson is your cousin. Well, yeah. we all know each other for like one degree or two. <laughs> it's true. But she's like, yeah, I've got a cousin who's a lesbian in California. And then I met you. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're Diana's cousin. <laughs> Um, so we get this question quite a bit. Uh, someone will be like, I'm, I'm gay or I'm same sex attracted or I'm trans. And where, where are the people like me? Often we'll get emails that they'll like at the, like have these criteria, like I'm this and this and this and this. And I want to find people that are like me that I can talk to who get my experience. Uh, so that's what we're here to talk about today. Like these people who are like, how do I find the people that I fit in with? How do I find the people like me? You know, where do I go? What do I do? So I feel like at the root of this question is an issue of belonging that stems from like the polarization between the LGBTQ community and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So like this middle ground area isn't very visible. It isn't very like there's not very much there still. That's like what it seems like. And so a lot of times it's a gay person who is like, how do I find gay people that share my values? How do I find gay people who don't hate the church? How do I find gay people who envision a life in the church, no matter what that looks like as far as like life choices, but people who like want religious aspects in their life and the way that we were raised with. And so I think that's where it becomes a little bit difficult. And, and, and it's almost not like, how do I find friends? It's like, how do I feel validated that my experience is okay. Like, are there success stories? Like, can I truly be me and hold on to my orientation and honor that while also like striving to be a disciple of Christ at the same time? I feel like there is like a problem in our sort of like queer Mormon community and how that, like, I feel like our ways of supporting each other 
and of really being there for each other in a genuine way is kind of hampered by this whole idea that half of our choices are acceptable and half of our choices aren't. We would serve ourselves better and be better to each other if in this sacred space where it's just us, let's go ahead and take that off. Because wherever that line is that is between us of of you guys as the faithful guys and me as like apostate camp over here, like wherever that line is, none of us are in charge of where it is. And it's constantly shifting. And if you put yourself, I'm going to be on this line and I'm going to fill my life with people who are out to support me on being on this line. When that line moves, you lose too much and you leave yourself too vulnerable. Like that sense of belonging doesn't come from being around people who are like you it comes from serving people who aren't like you you know victoria you you brought up some i think some really important points and issues you know there are you know there might be this camp or this camp in the lgbtq larry Larry saint world and you know i know a lot of people who are are part of friend groups where they're they're all choosing to you know keep covenants and, and stay in the church and then when they make a decision that is contrary to that then they often lose a group of friends or well, I think it's short-sighted to think that your ex-Mormon, queer Mormon friends don't have things to offer you to support you then. That. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things that when you are actually face-to-face with other queer Mormons, that division stops making, it stops being so real at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember this, this, uh, this moment where I was on this this LGBTQ panel at BYU back in 2018, and and I'm pretty churchy, and and there were some some BYU students there who I was good friends with who who weren't, and once they graduated, they were, they were not planning on staying active in the church, and and so we were talking after, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm so churchy, guys, and they said, No, Ben, don't apologize. We are so glad that you are you, and we want you to be you, and I immediately like felt stupid for felt feeling like I needed to apologize because I I didn't. They were just happy that I was who I was. And I'm happy that they are who they are. Yeah. When I think about my own experience, finding people I feel fit with every time I've been able to find people like me that validated my experience that I felt like were role models and helped me like figure out myself a little bit more and made me feel comfortable. It came at the cost of coming out a little bit in in different ways. So like, I remember the first time I found people that I was like, I want to be like this person. I see like elements of this person in me, it was because I went to a pride parade with an affirmation group and and I found other people who had my similar background and wanted similar things and, and were gay. And then the more I came out and the more I was myself and the more others could see that light, the more people who were attracted to a light like that moved closer towards me and moved towards it. And I was able to find community and space there And so I don't know, I feel like a lot of times on these episodes, we're like, we're not pushing people to come out because I really do believe that you should come out when it's best for you. And you'll know when it's But it will solve all of your problems. (laughs) (laughs) But but it it solves so (laughs) many problems. So many problems. You'll have new ones. And they'll be different and more exciting. But like belonging and, and finding people like you, as you live your life open and authentically, that's when you're gonna 
be met with other open, authentic people who share your experience. Yeah. You know, I, I think about the, the LGBTQ support group I started in Tucson. Well, I founded it with, with my friend Diana, who's your cousin, and, and my friend Paul. And Paul is one of the most extroverted people I know. And he was also like very out and proud. So we were in the same ward at the time and he would wear a rainbow ribbon to church. So he would meet everyone who came to church who was new. And then they all knew that he was gay. And so they're all like, I'm new. I don't know anyone. I know this gay guy. He's really nice. I'm also gay. And then he would invite them to the group. Like Paul brought almost everyone to the group because he was he was he was out and so like charlie said if you want to find other gay people it's hard to if you're not willing to be to be open about what's going on in your life yeah you kind of have to put yourself out there i apologize because sometimes we might sound a little utah centric but it's because that's where both of us came out and that's where we live currently but as i was coming out i there's a pretty like large support community within utah And a lot of it is like families who have a gay child or families who um, have suffered a loss by suicide or like families who are really invested in the LGBTQ community. And things are a little bit different right now with COVID, but a lot of them will do like a come follow me discussion or a Sunday family dinner and just bring together really good, really incredible LDS LGBTQ people that was invisible to me for a long time. But once I started coming out, you just meet people and you connect. And then there's this whole beautiful entire network of people like me that I just didn't know was there. And so again, I guess that just reinforces what I just barely said about like how finding that community came with a little bit of courage on my part by speaking up and saying, Hey, Hey, I'm gay help me find people like me. And then there are so many wonderful people who, who are willing to be supportive and, and like give you their connections, you know? And it snowballs. Like you meet a couple of people and it spreads and you like go through and yeah. So Victoria, are there ever times when you like need to be with gay people? I am with gay people nonstop. Okay. (laughs) um, (laughs) There's not a ton of heterosexuals in my life. (laughs) I work in a hair salon. It's it's, <laughs> it's women and gays. <laughs> yeah, I, I until I started hanging out with Mormons, there there were very few heterosexuals in my life. That is so funny because our lives are not the same. <laughs> you know, but I, what I do find, I do find um, that a community because I came out very very young and left the church immediately, like as I was sixteen. My family. Like we all left, my immediate family left. Gay people I've had, like in spades my entire life. What worked for me was like finding other Mormon women to be friends with. Like that was like the thing that sort of community that like I had to sort of really intentionally look and seek to find. Having like Mormon feminist girlfriends in my life to constantly call me on all of my decisions has been the biggest blessing. So, so even leaving as a teenager now as like a full grown adult, uh, there are still parts of, of your upbringing that, that you want to talk through and work through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even as recently as this, as this earlier this year, you were attending church. So I did not pay much attention to church from the time I, you know, turned 16, left and eventually moved to San Francisco and had a very wild 20s. And then I did not particularly think much about Mormonism until Prop 8. 
Um, and I was phone banking, obviously against fine against Prop Eight. And there was a questionnaire: if you have a Mormon background, can you like click your, you know, click here? And those of us who did went to like a special room where we basically just called uh, rich Mormons and beg them to stop donating to the Prop 8 campaign. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So I was suddenly thrust into a room with other like weird misfit San Franciscans of various Mormon upbringings. And like sort of my whole life made sense. I'm like, oh, y'all still my people. Like I've been gone a real long time, but we're the same. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love you. And like, I want to hang out with guys all the time. Like I love hanging out with my, with Mormons. How did that lead to you going back to church this year? So I um, went back to church before, like I really enjoyed going to church. I feel like it's so familiar and such like a comforting, like just the smell of the burlap on the walls is just (laughs) wildly comforting to me. Like it's every like... And it's fun and I like it and I enjoy church as part of a larger sort of religious life. I love going to church with y'all sometimes. I was going through my church journals this morning getting ready for this. (laughs) And I actually found like in the margins and it was so fun because it's also like notes to friends sitting next to me. So there's just a whole ton of like queer Mormon gossip in the margins of it. And the top was, note, make friends with the goth girl conducting the music. And this was, like, in September of, like, 2019. And she literally went out of her way last week to bring me, like, the Zoom Christmas party box so I'd be included. She's one of my dearest friends. And I also live in the Bay Area. We have remarkably cool leadership. So, I like... They talk about your friend being out in sacrament meeting. I am often introduced in sacrament meeting as like, here's Victoria. She's in charge of the local gays. (laughs) 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 And I have to stand and wave awkwardly in sacrament meeting. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. It's good times. Yeah. Victoria, what I hear you say is when you are being you and being your authentic self, you can find community in a lot of places. Yes, I think that's one of the best things about being gay and why I'm so like, "Mm," when when I hear young gay Mormons wanting to be friends with just folks like them, because some of like, queer culture is a lot like Mormon culture in that has a lot of opportunity to foster intergenerational friendships of lots of different kinds of people. Like I have a lot of old man gay friends. And like, I wouldn't give that up for anything. I, I know Charlie's best friend well, and he's straight. And you know, one of my very best friends is neither gay nor a member of the church, and never has been. And you know, I think about these things that like are really important to like me and my identity, you know, and just like building off of, like like my orientation and my my religious affiliation. But like you know, my, my hobbies and the things I like to do and the things I've studied. And there, with the people I care about the most, there's very little overlap. And, uh, and, that, and that's okay because it's not necessarily the things that, that we have in common that build community, but the ways that we care for each other. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a world where we move away from this false dichotomy that you're either a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or you're LGBTQ. 
and that you have to choose one or that you have to like choose to associate only with people in one or the other. Or that you're active or you're not active. Exactly. Or, that you're like, believing like, or you're not believing or any of that. I don't know. There's almost like this fear of associating with people who have left the church. And then one, like for people who have left the church, there's a fear of associating with the people who haven't left the church because they'll be judged. Like there's just like, why are we all so scared of each other? You know, I feel like because there's a thousand ways we can hurt each other's feelings. And I think there's just a bunch of pain at the intersection. And I think we don't have a lot of tools for not taking that out on each other. My choices don't hurt you and your choices don't hurt me. Yeah. And Victoria, I think what you're saying is, is exactly true. You know, um, unfortunately, though, I feel like like my choices and Charlie's choices, like some people have used our choices to hurt other people. You know, they, they, they have they have weaponized our stories and, and that's hard and that that happens with, with some people. And um, but like I love going to affirmation because the people there don't care that I work at BYU they don't care that I'm active in the church. They just like care about me. And, you know, I, Nathan Kitchen, who's the president of Affirmation right now, and he's in a same-sex relationship, or he's in a same-sex marriage. He's married to his husband. And I remember on like a tough day, he called me to see how I was doing. Yeah. And, and he didn't, you know, he didn't like tear me down or criticize me. He just like, he's like, Ben, I care about you. Like, how are you doing? You know, that, that, that's what community looks like. And we have different life choices and that doesn't matter. Like to push people away because they see things differently than you or they do things differently than you is that's just like actively pushing away other children of God. Like, and, and that's like everything we stand against, but somehow because of the way we've been socialized, we naturally start doing that when really our core values and beliefs are that we are all divine, that we are all children of God. We are all part of the same human family, but the way that manifests is often so divisive. And then you mentioned affirmation and it's not like affirmation is the only place where you can find this, but I, I met Ben at the affirmation conference and, and that's was probably the first time I really started to find community and find people like me. And I was terrified to go. I was so scared. I parked my car like 11 blocks away because I was just afraid that anyone would even see me in the vicinity. And actually I remember I wore this little thing that said like no photos, which was so nice of them to even think about that. But I wasn't out. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to just be like a ghost. On Sunday morning, there was like a testimony meeting where anyone could could bear their testimony and talk about their their beliefs and their love of the Savior. And that meeting was so powerful and it was so strong. And a trans woman bore her testimony and a black gay man bore his testimony and a straight LDS temple-going mother bore her testimony. And like everyone was just sharing experiences like totally different people that would totally be pitted against each other by the way, like society views things. But I was like, I belong here. I fit. And I looked around me. I, what I didn't look like people around me. I wasn't like people around me. I had, I even had a no photo sticker, like, but the community, like kind of like what you were saying, Victoria, when you really expand back, like we are all the same and we, there's power in diversity and there's power in, loving other people and supporting other people regardless of who they are or where they've been or even where they're going. Right. I mean, especially like as queer Mormons, you think that we would be better about not judging each other. <laughs> like you think we'd have a little bit more empathy. And I think it's important for us all to like really try to be kinder to each other. I, the, you know, I, I have, you know, gay friends, straight friends, 
Larry St. Friends, not Larry St. Friends, you know, I, I just have a lot of people in my life that are different that, that I care about a lot. There are times though, when I feel like I need to be with like a gay Larry Saint, like I just need someone who like understands my life. So I can like talk about something and not have to explain it, but just, just like have someone like be with me. And that happened in April of 2019 on uh, like the day when the November, 2015 policy was reversed. And it was like, I was like trying to feel my emotions about it and I couldn't, I was talking to one of my good friends in my class and, and she's like, she's like, Ben, do you want to talk about this? And she, and we, as we were talking, she's like, you need, you need gay people today, don't you? And I said, I said, I do, I need gay people today. Like I need to talk to people about this that, that don't need any explanation, just know what it's like to be me. And, and so I, I, I see that like this value in, in, having diversity of, of people and in my life. And yet there are those times when, when I need to be with someone who like gets me and my life. Right. Ben, I feel like sometimes I almost take that for granted because I have you and I, I know a, a handful of people like you who just like understand me where I come from and like see things a similar way. I, I don't know how to guide someone on how to find people like them. I don't, but I know that the way I found you was by coming out and the way I've, I, I don't know, I don't want to sound like a broken record or, or feel like I'm forcing people to come out. But like, if you can't find your community and no one sees you looking for that community, like the odds of falling into it by accident are very slim. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, I was the first out gay member of the church in, in Tucson when I came out in early 2015. And you know, I, I already knew my friend Paul, who I mentioned, but he wasn't out yet. And so we, we worked together to to build something like to, 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 to build a community of people that, that hadn't really existed before. And that was, that was like a really hard and beautiful experience because there was this group of people that needed each other. And I remember about a, about a year after I moved out of Tucson, almost everyone else moved out to like, like the core members of this group. And, you know, we weren't trying to like start something that was going to be self-perpetuating, but it was just like this, this really beautiful community of, of people who needed each other. And, you know, it started with, with me and Paul being open about who we were. And, and, you know, I know not everyone's in a place where that, where they can be open, but you know, it's, it's hard to be found if you don't let people find you. Victoria, thank you so much for your perspectives, for sharing your wisdom and for creating a space for people who, who want to be, who want to be there. I just love that you, you know, create a place where people can, can belong. Well, I guess I really appreciate you having me. This is really sweet of you. Like it means a lot to me. That you guys like asked me. It's very kind. Of course. Well, you're a hoot. It, it is clear of intention of actual diverse voices. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you are a hoot. <laughs> Hanging out with the Deseret boys. This is so exciting. <laughs> the Deseret boys. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm very, boys. I'm very excited to see which of your books I'm going to get to for Christmas. <laughs> oh my goodness. They're both amazing. So I hope you get them both. I love it. Like I never have to actually buy them. It's perfect. <laughs> the Desert Boys. Next time we'll invite Tom Christopherson to hang out too. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you have enjoyed this or other episodes, please consider leaving a review. And as always, please remember that we do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University. We are not trying to be prescriptive or tell anyone what to think or what to do. You heard three perspectives and there are many, many more. We encourage you to listen to other voices and hear a wide variety of experiences. If you would like to submit a question or share a comment about today's episode, you can email us at questionsfromthecloset at gmail.com. Until next time.